Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom, and Chuck is on vacation. Uh, he is actually out in the middle of the desert. He was going to try to get service and log on uh, to be part of this episode, um, but that was that just didn't happen. Uh, he he doesn't even have enough service to tell me he doesn't have any service. So uh, we went ahead and did this episode anyway because. Uh, we're able to do it at my house because uh, our guest this week is somebody uh, that lives near me and is live and in person, which, you know, for those of you that remember, we used to do this all the time uh, or in the early days of the episode. This was that we we'd record like two or three episodes at a time, sitting around the table, drinking, telling stories, and we'd all we tried to have the same guests on so they could all hear each other's stories. But COVID kind of killed that. Now we live in a world where people finally don't give a shit about COVID anymore. Um, and rightly so, because I think we've gotten past that. And so I, I found a, a guest that, uh, I know through, uh, everyday real life is, uh, Chris. What's up? How's it going, Thomas? <laughs> it's going fine. And you know, what's funny is, uh, you're the, probably the only person on the show that calls me Thomas. Uh, what yeah. else do they call you <laughs> on the show? Everybody just calls me Tom. Oh, um, but that's, it's just funny because like, there's like two, I can always tell. Like how people know me, if they know me from the police department or they know me, uh, from the podcast and stuff, they usually call me Tom. And then if they know, like, you know, me in real life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, most people don't call me that. So it's kind of funny. Uh, so, uh, Chris is, uh, you're probably the youngest Marine we've ever had on this show. I mean, there's especially out here in like Idaho, there's a bunch of crusty Marines, but I mean, that's like the kind of breed of like Marine that I love <laughs> just because they have like war stories that I do love. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's some of the best part of being in the Marine Corps, in the police department, in the far, the stories, the camaraderie, all the esprit de corps, all that stuff. Uh, today, I figured we would we would just talk about uh, how you got into the Marine Corps and some of your stories from training because one of the things you and I have talked about in real life uh, prior to doing this podcast and one of the things I thought would be cool to talk to you about. And one of the things that we were talking about just before we started recording, as far as what we could talk about today is since you're the most recent former or for, most recent person ever in the Marine Corps, like a lot of people we've had on this show, they've been out, you know, eight years, 10 years, 12 years. Some we've had guys that have been in the first Gulf war guys that were in, you know, the original invasion of Iraq, all that kind of stuff. Um, you're probably the most recent. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about your impressions of Marine Corps training. Uh, cause it's, it's what you, you, well, let's get into it. So how did you end up joining the Marine Corps? Cause this is, this is also kind of funny. You and I are both from Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 1500 miles away from home, but right. We're both 1500 miles away from home reunited. Yeah. Um, so I mean, just on a personal level, you know, a little bit about my biological father who is like, you know, a dick and, right. uh, you know, always makes the kind of person that wants to make other people feel small. So I always kind of knew I wanted to serve and I figured the, like, what's kind of the toughest branch, what's the hardest, you know, like, how can I prove I'm a man? And 
I kind of found uh, originally I was going to go Air Force because then at that point it's like, hey, look, I'm smart, whatever. Um, but <laughs> you be smart, go to the Air Force. Yeah, you want to be I'm, tough. <laughs> but as we know, the Air Force, they were never in their office, you know, and I would try to make appointments <laughs> over and over. Wait, is that true? Yeah, that, that's why I joined the Marine Corps was because when I went to go to their office, they weren't there. And it took, um, I actually knew a full bird Air Force colonel. It took him calling them to like be like, hey, talk to my guy. And then at that point, it was already months after. And the recruiter was just like, fuck it, I don't need to go to work? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's the Air Force, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, if you look at their, like, recruiting pamphlets, they have stuff on, like, sea dudes and jet skis and boats and stuff. Like, that's how they recruit. And then the Marine Corps is like, you want to fight people, you want to kill people? Join us. That's kind of like... And that's guy right. went right next door to, uh, from the Air Force recruiter and, you know, talked to them. And I kind of was, like, sick of it at that point. And I walked in, and the first thing I said was, like, hey, put me in the infantry i don't care at this point and they're like all right well we appreciate that I but get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah exactly and luckily it was kind of a big group of calm guys and they were like yeah we're not going to do that to you because you know we see like your asvab score and stuff um so then they kind of put me in comms you know and it like the no way comms no battle right pretty much i mean that's kind of like the thing though is i i wanted to i wanted to at least deploy um but i never got that opportunity um so then that's kind of like how I joined the Marine Corps. Um, and then just talking about like how training got different even from when I first joined. To well, like, how old were you when you first? So how long ago was that? Um, 2017, October. Okay. Um, so four or five So you were in the Marine ago. Corps during the pandemic? Yes. Okay, we'll get into that because yeah. I'm curious about oh what that God. was like. That was kind of a dream but also a nightmare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, when I first joined, though, going through boot camp, it was um, – there's like different phases, you know, and you can kind of tell like the new school guys compared to like the older school, which is like, there's three phases where first you get treated like you're worse than dirt. Second, you get treated like dirt and then you become a Marine and then you're treated like a Marine, you right. know? So you get astronomically treated better every time. Um, and then that was when I actually kind of enjoyed it that I'm not going to say they were allowed to hit you, but you know, that like... <laughs> I definitely was, you know, karate chop sort of deal. So it wasn't close fists, but, you know, they'd, they'd thrown me over foot lockers and stuff and they roughed us up. But then again, like, that's the Marine Corps. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, you know? yeah. Not that's not something you weren't expecting, right? Yeah. And I mean, they're not supposed to, like, beat you to death, but at the same time. And you didn't die. No, I didn't die. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, that's kind of why I joined and like they put their hands on you and it, it kind of made us all tougher. You know, when we came out, we like anybody messed with like we had another platoon mess with us and we would attempt to throw them down the stairwells. Like that's <laughs> the actual fights we got into, you know, like uh, like like it, like ninja style where you hide. And then when they get near the stairwell, or was it like, no, I'm carrying no, you to the stairwell. It was like brawls. Yeah, okay. we'd be going up. They'd be going down and we'd basically try and shoulder check each other and throw each other over the stairwell because that guy messed with my guy. And even though we're all Marines, he's not in my platoon. So he's not my guy, you know, <laughs> right? when you're not fighting other people, you, it's perfectly acceptable to fight each other. Exactly. A hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like, um, I think my platoon actually was the very last to have three phases of like boot camp. Really? And so where did you go to boot camp? Uh, MCRD San Diego. Okay. Yeah. And, um, we were kind of the last ones because then after that, you know, we go into the schoolhouse and like we're waiting for training or we're training and we actually noticed that 
a lot of these guys that were coming after us were, you know, like Marines roll their sleeves Mm-hmm. And um, they're typically supposed to be very pristine, and like mm-hmm. that's kind of like part of being a marine. Yeah. These guys would come in with the most shitty, like rolled sleeves. It would look like they're donuts that they're wearing around <laughs> their arms. Right? They weren't like nice and flat. And yeah. Pre- yeah. Yeah. And it's usually like it's the width of your cuff, and they exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's super skinny and flat, Correct. and theirs were just wrinkled and garbage. And we were like, "What the fuck?" Is it looked this? like they just pushed their sleeves up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then just like kind of the attitude that a lot of those guys had. Uh. Um, we kind of like our generate, like our platoon that went through, we felt like, you know, we had to earn it a little bit more than them. Like they kind of came out feeling like they already knew what was going on and how to act and that they were, you know, they're a new Marine. So they're hot shit. And, um, because of that, there was actually like a couple of spats that I got into just because like, you know me on a personal level. I'm not the kind of like, I'm pretty easy going. I'm nice or whatever until somebody messes. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just don't take it well, anymore. Well, you're, you're Hispanic. Yeah. You're specifically, you're Mexican. So it's like, hey, you know, what's up? What's up, buddy? Oh, don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then it's time to brawl and you, you right. do it. Um, but there is, you know, these people that then they would mouth off and just start talking shit for no reason. And, you know, they, like you, there was a tiny little redhead kid who, you know, wanted to mouth off or whatever. And I, like, I asked him, I'm like, are you joking right now? Or like, you serious? Like, you want to handle this? And, like, he gets kind of in my face and he goes, oh, like, maybe I'm serious. And I'm like, okay. You, you either are or you're right, Like, touch me then, right, yeah. you know. And he, he thought he was going to be clever and, like, put one finger and poke me right in the chest. So right after that, I picked him up and I actually threw him. Right. And you're not a short guy. No, no. And You're the, what, 6'3"? Six, 6'2", three? Six, okay. I think. 6'3 um, in boots because I usually yeah. see you in boots. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just this different breed of, you know, people coming through, we were realizing is that, like, you know, they mouthed off a lot more and they thought they were hot, you know, hot stuff. Right. And then like we, you know, I made some friends with like the newer guys that were coming through. Um, and like, it it's not as bad as the army where they have like their little, you know, blue, red cards, yellow cards. Cause they're feeling too stressed. Okay. So there are no stress cards. No. Okay. Well, at no. least when you were there. At or? least not. Yeah. From okay. at least when, even when I got out, they didn't have that yet. Okay. But it was going a lot softer of like. You know, they couldn't cuss at you anymore. Really? Insta- yeah. Yeah. Like they at all. No. Like in boot camp, it was not allowed. If you went and actually like reported them to your platoon commander in boot camp, they would get in trouble. That sort of like Wow. Yeah. That's how bad it was getting. Wow. Um and yeah, we found wait, it. Wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't say that. Exactly. That that's why a lot of them they started um even when I was going through, they would like tell themselves and like train themselves to say freaking instead of fuck you know and that was that's that's mind-boggling to me because and it's a disservice because part of this job part of public safety part of national security part of national safety part of being a grunt being a cop whatever people are gonna get in your face they're gonna say crazy shit to you they're gonna, I, I watched, there's a video that a listener sent us and I'd seen it before. Uh, actually my wife had sent it to me, which was, uh, this guy spends five minutes talking shit to a cop and then spits in his face and the mm-hmm. cop knocks him the fuck out Yep. Um, for spitting in his face. Now I don't, I can't say that he knocked him out on purpose. I can say that he, you know, pushed him hard enough in, you know, backwards to get him to stop spitting and he hit his head and 
went unconscious. He was also intoxicated, so maybe it was easy to knock him out. I don't. I, that's neither here nor there. My point is, is that he endured five minutes of I'm going to go home and fuck your mom and fuck your wife and you know you're a fucking pussy and take these fucking handcuffs off, and he did nothing, nothing. Now when he spit in his face and could you know contaminate him with gonorrhoeosyphilis or whatever <laughs> that dude was space carrying. Yeah, space aids. <laughs> um, it, he yeah he stopped him because you know that's physically assaultive it's, yep. and it's disgusting and what, all that other shit. But if you don't learn that at boot camp, if you don't have someone telling you you're the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen in my life, and I was personally told that right. It may or may not have made me cry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here's here's a clue to all the young people listening that have messaged us saying they want to get into police work or they want to go into the military. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the same thing that my father told me. Do you really think <laughs> that you personally are the actual biggest piece of shit that, that particular DI has ever seen in his entire life? I mean, there's. If you if your if your answer to that is yes, maybe get out of the <laughs> get out of boot camp or the academy. But anyway, you were saying so they couldn't. That's mind boggling to me. Like I said, the idea that they can't even curse at you and that you could tattle on them and they would get in trouble. Yeah, like what kind of trouble? Um, like they would like written up. Probably. I mean, I don't know. When you're in boot camp, you, right, don't, you don't see know. a lot of that back. You know, but did you find out later at all, or um, not really? But you would know that they definitely got in trouble because the, there was one time that that happened in my platoon, and um, the drill instructor that got tattled on, um, specifically took a very particular liking oh, to a recruit, yeah. and he kind of fucked himself over for that reason. You know, he thought he was gonna like, oh, I'm gonna get him in trouble, but it wasn't the trouble that he was hoping. You know, and then okay, explain. Um, basically, honestly, you probably got a stern talking to of like, you're not supposed to do this. Don't do this. Um, and so he just showed him a little extra love and attention. Exactly. Because the guy tattled on Yeah. Him. There's something called it, which, um, you know, they're not allowed to like bully you and make you train extra hard, but they can, um, do incentivized training. Uh-huh. And it's basically where they will bring you out into the quarter deck, which is like the front of the, you know, like the squad bay that we have. Right. And it's basically flat concrete and they will instruct you how to work out. Right. And they will do it for a very long time. Sure. And you will get very tired. Yes. And that's... that's... Let me show you. Exactly. And they're just training Front you. Front leading rest position. Yeah. Exactly. For a long mm-hmm. time. Or they just want you to do 10 push-ups, but you have to do them perfectly. Yes. Oh, yep. that one wasn't good enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. None of them are ever going to be no, good enough. No, just absolutely for not. the record. Um, but yeah, that definitely leads into then like getting into the fleet is you do have older Marines where you've got gunnies and sergeants that have been in for... They'll fuck you up. Oh, exactly. Like, they've been in for, most of the time, at least eight years, you know, depending on how salty that sergeant is, um, or just kind of different generations. But um, I know specifically, there was a kid that came to our unit, and he was, you know, that newer Marine, whatever, thought he was hot shit. Um, And my corporal, which was like my buddy, but, you know, he's your corporal, he'd yell at me and stuff, but that's just how it goes. Yeah. he made him go find the answer, which is basically you will find like the biggest mountain near you and tell him that the answer is on the top on mm-hmm. a rock. Right. And he has to go run up there, bring a rock down, and then that's the answer, basically. Right. Um, or they would write 
actually the answer in Sharpie on a rock, and he would have to go find that one. And typically, it was like a 40-pound rock that's nice. huge that he would have to bring down. Oh, you know? my God. And then he'd tell him to put the answer back. Was this always the same hill? Um, It really depended where you were. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you'd have him run up there, and then you'd be like, oh, come back here. Did you find it? No, you didn't. Okay, go look for it again. And it was kind of like not really punishing him but because you wanted to find the answer but oh, you didn't know. find it hmm. yeah he definitely found it um but basically that happened and kind of the same thing he went and told one of our you know sergeants master sergeants whatever um and what's crazy is like the higher you get up typically you think the saltier but what started happening is like the higher you go up in the chain the closer they are to all this politics stuff right where then they're even more under a watchful eye so you're having master sergeants that typically would like, if you ever crossed them or messed with them, they would rip your head off. Like, right. Like, like fold you in half. And, exactly. Right. But then you have these master sergeants now that are, you know, just like, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't do that. That's not allowed because they're under such like watchful eye from all these civilians that you're working with too, you know, because as like the Marine Corps was downsizing, they're bringing a ton of civilians. Um, so then you have even more so of all this weakness going on. Mm. And that kid went and told on the corporal, you know, the corporal got in trouble. And basically we, we had to talk, you know, his peers had to talk with him because then he started, you know, mouthing off to Blanket us about party. Not necessarily <laughs> because we like that was, you know, there was a big issue with hazing in the Marine Corps and all that. And hey, like, I'm going I'm to go on record. A blanket party is not hazing. A blanket party is letting him know. Yeah. You fucked up. Yeah. Hazing is like, all right, man, you got to. We're going to bury you up to your neck <laughs> in the sand and we're going to ride motorcycles around your head and like we're going to make yeah. no, no. But it, blanket party is you done fucked up and you, we, you need some correction. Even that was me. considered hazing. And the, I knew some guys who lost their rank over it because, um, you know, there's something called a uh, pinning, right? Where you yeah. get promoted, right. and you have the pins yeah. and you slap them in, yeah. right? Apparently it was a little bit too much. Like, yeah, Motherfucker, the, that's tradition. That's not hazing. Yeah. In the Marine Corps, that's hazing, you know? Not even Fuck. joking. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's bad. But you still got depending on what unit. Like we had, I think our master guns. He pinned me, and he slapped you know my pins into my shoulder, and I was like, thank God someone's still doing it. Like that was, I think, his like middle finger to how soft everything's getting. Because right in front of the lieutenant, and then I actually saw him get talked to, and was like, oh, you know, master guns, you shouldn't be doing that. That could be considered hazing, and it's. It just kept getting worse and worse. Um, but That's, the, Okay, so I get it. Like, if you go into recon, if you go into MARSOC, if you go into SEALs, I, I pray to God that nobody ever beefs anyone for that. Because at the point, I would hope that nobody that is accepted into those programs and makes it through the, the quals and the training and all that, I would hope, pray our national security rests <laughs> upon the idea that we don't have such soft fucking people in those units that they would beef that. But the fact that it's not being permitted at the lower levels yeah. worries me because it just means that later on the people that are going to get accepted into those programs won't be hard enough to handle that. Luckily, at least when I was in rest assured Marsoc and recon, I know specifically cause I have some friends that were recon. 
there that is not like you know the pinning and all that if you even bring that up they're gonna beat you you know they actually will and like i had buddies who you'll fall down the stairs yeah there's something called a shallow <laughs> uh shallow water blackout is what it's called uh-huh. and it's basically when they're making you do these pool exercises to the point of where you're trying to come to the surface and you physically can't so right. then you lose consciousness and you wake up being resuscitated right and like my buddies were telling me that happened at least a dozen times to each one of them you know so luckily recon at least is still safe so here's here's the thing about i think those programs there are so many ways to get even because the training is so strenuous and so rigorous and there's so many ways to just kind of handle your business and it's like well it's just training i don't know what you're talking about um that i yeah that's good to know but wow that's okay so no pinning. Now, what about what, I, what? What do you think would happen? And I'm just throwing this out there. If like they handed you your pin, and then you showed your toughness and you showed your pride, and you freaking just racked your chest and slammed it into yourself. Um, I mean, I don't know because so like tradition with the Marine Corps is that someone else does it, you know? Right. But I'm just saying, if you have to alter it and you say you want to, you want to have a heart check, you want to show your your level of committedness, right? Like there's two kinds of Marines. There's a kind of Marine that pins and then there's the kind of Marine that fucking pins himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, uh, it's just for you young people out there. I'm just saying that there's always a workaround. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even then just behind closed doors, me and my friends, like it was kind of like the bigger, the blood spot you could get on your pin, you know, the better it was, you know, the better promotion you got. Um, but I know like with me, I had, you know, some pretty good pins and there was a couple of my buddies that like, I'm not going to say we're like kind of bitches, but like a little bit less, you know, about it. And, you know, I would especially make sure to say congratulations to them and like, yeah, it hurts. But then I'd look at them and I'd be like, look, you're not dead. You're not dying. Like, yeah, it hurt. But look, and then, you know, you got a fucking tattoo hurts worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, just a lot of different different stuff going on the way even the marine corps is recruiting now it's way different okay so let me back up because i don't want to sound like a complete piece of shit <laughs> there was an incident years ago and i don't even know if you're aware of this there was an incident where some swat guys got fired and char- i believe charged criminally because they were doing a hazing ceremony that got out of hand and the story goes they told this new SWAT cop, hey, according to story, they told him jokingly, like to fuck with him psychologically. They were like, all right, the last part of your initiation is we're going to go in the showers and we're going to bend you over and shove this beer bottle up your ass. <laughs> and the guy's like, instead of like being like, all right, fuck you, you know, whatever. He's like, fuck you are. And he got upset. Well, that in turn got the SWAT guys upset. And they were like, the fuck we aren't. <laughs> And then they took him in the showers and shoved the beer bottle up his ass. That's not, that's totally, that's not what we're talking about here, right? <laughs> like, sodomizing somebody with a glass <laughs> yeah. bottle is not what we're talking about. This is, for, if you don't know what pinning is, go watch any military movie made between 1980 and 1999. You'll see, I'm sure, some sort of, example of it i can't think of uh, i don't know if they showed it in jarhead or um uh, i know they didn't show it in full metal jacket 
I mean, the best way to explain it is like I'm pretty sure everyone's seen American Sniper. You know where they yeah, put yeah. the trident yeah, in the casket go. and yeah. then they hit and it they with, the the trident with the bottom. That's basically you just what do they it do. Somebody's chest exactly. or shoulder, right? Exactly. And it's you get. I mean, what are those prongs? A quarter inch? If yeah, if that they're like a maybe maybe like like I'd say probably yeah, maybe a quarter inch. Quarter, yeah, and they they you get right on the shoulder or on the chest the or whatever bone area. Yeah, yeah, and it just. It does. It it just goes. It's a little poke. I've literally stapled my finger deeper, and that hurts more. Yeah. And that hurts more. Well, okay. yeah, because your fingertips got more nerve. It's it's not yeah. that big of a deal, people. No. It's it's really not. So for those of you who don't understand what we're talking about about pinning, and the blood spots, yeah, you're gonna bleed a little bit. It's essentially like the the poke you get when you get your finger drawn, finger you know poke blood draw. Yeah, right. It's not. It ain't shit. Yeah, absolutely. Not. We're talking about something that's literally just about tradition and pride and like camaraderie. Now, if somebody wants to write in or make the argument to us about why this tradition is stupid and the whole idea of, well, we only do it because that's always how we did it and it's a dumb tradition and we should get rid of it. Please, by all means, try and change my mind <laughs> that but I am of the opinion, I'm old school, like traditions are important. Ceremony is important. Rites of passage are important. And to hear that you can't curse at people and harden them up against rough language and then that they can't even handle a little bit of pain to take pride in in their own accomplishments is mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was definitely changing, but it really depended on your specific unit and your leadership. Um, cause I know there were some units that, you know, they would be very by the book and all that. And then, you know, like we had a real motivated corporal that like we technically weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff or we needed a corpsman to do a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. like we would do, you know, miles and miles of rucks, like in gas masks, like, yes, we were a pogue unit, you know, but at the same time, a lot of it too is like keeping in that mindset that, you know, every Marine's a rifleman and like you get these people who join for free college and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's great. You know, it's benefits, but at the same time, like you don't join the Marine Corps no. for the free college. No, you join the army for free college. Yeah. You join the Navy for free college yeah. or, well, if you're smart enough, you join the air force. Yeah. <laughs> it, but cause Hey, we dog on the air force. You know, I'll say if this in too. Office. If you're fucking smart enough, join the fucking coast guard. Not, not only do you get like all the fringe benefits of being in the military, but they do cool shit on a day to day basis. On a day to day basis, they do, they do the coolest more, shit. Yeah, they do more operations than any other branch. Because the military, you got to deploy to do mm -hmm. the super cool shit. But because you're the Coast Guard, you your deployment is here, yeah. right? Your deployment is right off the coast of the U.S. Or hey, I had a friend his his stepdaughter went Coast Guard, and she was on a, a an icebreaker, and so her ship's job was to fucking cruise to Antarctica and break ice flows up so that supply ships could get to the scientists and shit on Antarctica. And like, fuck it. You go to Antarctica and just break ice and shit. That's kind of fucking yeah. cool. Or I mean that like, depending on what job, you know, you got like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie guardian. Yeah. That's a good movie. And like that, like, Made me think about joining the Coast Guard, right. but then again, they're called puddle pirates. So, but, you know. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the <laughs> fucked up thing is like we, it's, it's almost like just tradition to dog on them and 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 treat them like the redheaded stepchild. I mean, at this point, I'd I think I'd rather go Coasties than Space Force. 
Definitely. Um, and, until you, until we have the co- you know the colonial marines like in Aliens, <laughs> and then I'll I'll join the space force. <laughs> uh, but the space force is too close to fucking Star Trek, and those pussies. Yeah, uh, I'm not. As long as you don't have the red shirt, life. you're good. You right. know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, my point being is is that doing it for free college isn't it? It's a reason. But if that's the only thing you get out of it, then you miss the point. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you've ever heard about the the Air Force of the Corporation. There's only one branch of the military, and that's the Army, because, you know, the Air Force is a corporation, the Marine Corps is a cult, and, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's pretty true, you know. Um, but, yeah, there's just a lot that was changing. Um, near the end of when I was getting out, we actually started getting in that training of, like, you know, like, I think most Marines and the military in general doesn't care if you're gay or lesbian or bi or whatever. Like, we don't care. Is It's more of like, is that person going to fight with me? Are they going to possibly put up their life, you know, for me? Like, can I trust them with my life? That Other than that, like, the best way to explain it is the military and the Marine Corps is the most racist, unracist, bigoted, non-bigoted people I know. Right. If... It- you're a piece of shit unless you're a Marine, in which case you're a Marine piece of shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you have, I've heard black people say some of the most heinous stuff about their own. And I'm like, dude, what? Like, you can't say that. And he's like, the hell I can't, you know? And it's, and it's all in good fun. Um, and that's just where it all comes from. But then at the end, you're getting this training about, you know, like gendering people and this sort of thing. And, and in, like, that's what we're spending our millions and millions of dollars on is like, learning how to call per- someone by their right gender, you know, like in the Marine Corps, we had genders and stuff like that. And the genders were corporal, sergeant, staff, sergeant. Like that, that, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Like, that's what it was. You know, you didn't call them ma'am, sir, zzer, whatever that like, you just called them by the rank. And just at the end, it was just getting a lot of like all the, pol- all the political stuff that you see now about gendering people and stuff like that. And like, wasn't there a movement to remove yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am from I the think they did. because it's gendered language? I'm pretty sure they did. You don't say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I mean, I'm out now, luckily, but yeah, there's... I, now, I will say this. I've seen depictions where it doesn't matter who they are. If they outrank you, it's sir. And I'm, I don't know if that's an actual, if there's any branches of the military anywhere on God's green earth that has ever done that, but I've seen depictions of that. And honestly, I don't give a shit. Like if, if you said, Hey, you're in the military, your rank is your gender. And therefore everybody is sir. I, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the time too, if you talk to like these salty gunnies, if you call them sir, they're going to look they're at gonna, you and say, I work for my money. Right. They're going to get in your ass you anyway because they're not a sir. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. So, I mean, you really don't need a sir unless it's an officer. And then at that point, maybe it's just short for officer. But yeah. Man. Okay. So for the record, you can't curse at people anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't misgender them. Well, you can't even gender them. Yeah. For fear of misgendering. Them. Exactly. Uh, you can't the, the pinning is considered hazing blanket yep. parties are considered hazing blood striping is considered uh, hazing so is there like okay so give me an example what, what kinds does it still go on and people just do it like it moves underground yeah okay. definitely that's so that was one of the things of like there was a corporal and i think it was a newly promoted sergeant and a corporal um basically this this 
guy, I don't know, maybe it was full-on hazing, whatever, but, you know, he got promoted, and I, I don't know 100% if the story was that they didn't think he deserved it, or, like, they pinned him, you know, and then it, like, got out of hand, or maybe he was just, you know, crying or whatever, you know, but basically this, this Lance Corporal got promoted to Corporal, he's now an NCO, and, um, a sergeant and another corporal, you know, either didn't like or whatever, you know, and they pinned him. And then, you know, like, as you do, like with some friends, you know, you punch him in the arm, punch him in the stomach, like, Oh, how tough are you? You know, like basically then, um, someone found out and saw it and then they took it all the way up, you know, the chain of command. And then that sergeant lost his rank and he got promoted or demoted down to corporal. The sergeant that was doing the hazing lost his rank. Yeah. Okay. And then so did the other corporal, you know, and it's just like, a lot of stuff that back in the day, back in the day, you would just be like, all right, guys, like, what the hell, you know, like, or like, don't do that. Now it's turning into like actual career, Discipline. you know, like career changing things are going on. Just, even if you meant it in good fun. Yeah, that's. Wow. Uh, again, I've talked about this and I honestly didn't think when I came on the job. I had a chief of police look us all in the face in one of our academy classes and go, I couldn't do the job that you guys are going into now because this is post Roddy King. It's mm-hmm. post videotape. It's, you know, he goes, he goes, if some, he called them skate bangers. He goes, if some skate banger told me to go fuck myself, I'd get out of my patrol car and take a skateboard and shove it up his ass sideways. <laughs> That's why I'm a chief now is because I don't have to work the street and lose my job because I do that shit. Um, I have heard other stories of old school chiefs that have literally been like, uh, just give them to me and turn off the cameras. <laughs> right. Uh, but now when I came on the job, I thought, okay, I'm going into a different era of law enforcement. I'm going into a different era of policing. Um, and I'm sure the guys in the military were from what I've spoken to them, they were thinking from like. You know, the guys that went in during the 80s and 90s to the guys that went in post 9-11. Yeah. Oh, it's a different military, right? It's a different, like, it's totally changed. I honestly didn't think it was going to get worse that that much. Like, I thought, okay, it's it's going to be, it, it's pretty pansified now. It's pretty, you know, tame now. Um, But, I mean, you know, okay. So they can't hit you. But they might slap you around a little bit. Yeah. And they can't, like, you know, take a picture of your mother and, you know, break it out and show. But, you know, they can say you're a piece of shit, right? Like, like there's a limit. But they can get up to the limit and dance around it. And maybe if they cross the line, they'll get their ass chewed. Yeah. Sure. I honestly didn't think I'd reach a point where I was hearing about what military recruits and police recruits were going through and being like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like what now? <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm shocked and I'm, a, well, I guess I'm not shocked. I'm saddened, but I'm also, if it's, if it's not making our military more deadly and more efficiently deadly, then it, what the fuck is it doing there? Yeah. Right. Um, and if you want to argue that about hazing, um, I, you put the Marines from Guadalcanal all the way through 
2010 up against Marines post Obama America, post wokeism, post like I, I guarantee you there's going to be a fundamental difference. Oh, absolutely. In their level of training, their level of commitment, their level of viciousness. Now, do you think there's a level of difference in their post-traumatic stress or anything like that? Like, Because the argument would be, well, we're not training them to be as vicious and therefore they don't have as many issues going forward. Um, I mean, for me personally, I don't... I don't think it really had much to do with like the way they were hazed or anything like that. Cause I mean, if you, if you look at like desert storm, you know, Fallujah in the beginning, that sort of stuff, it was a different kind of fighting that was going on, you know? And the same thing is still kind of happening now, but we're just not quite on the same level of at war, you know? Cause you've got these guys with like PTSD and stuff. And it's not because, Oh, I have PTSD because you know, some people in my unit beat me up. It's more of, I have PTSD because I watched, you know, my squad get blown up, right. you know, because of IEDs and like, it's not your training. If anything, I would think it would make it worse. Yeah. I, th I mean, I think so because like, it's that whole adage of like, the more you sweat in training, the less you're going to bleed, bleed in, in battle, right? In battle. And, what, like when you can just normally put up with a lot of the stuff of like you know physically and like mentally you've got your own squad telling you you know you're a piece of crap keep going whatever like it kind of is that like mental toughness that I think personally would help you know because I mean I we would have to look at the studies of how much better or worse it is but I don't think it really has anything to do with that it's more of like the fighting that we were going on you know I mean it Battle's going to fuck you up regardless, yeah. right? Like war weariness, battle fatigue, shell shock, PTSD, whatever you want to call it. Combat is a bitch. Yeah. And seeing those kinds of things happen sucks. If it didn't suck, we might go to war more often. And that would be like, like you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like it's kind of supposed to suck. It's supposed to be awful because otherwise it's too easy. And if it's too yeah. easy, then you'll do it all the time. If you do it all the time, then what the fuck are we? We're yeah. just animals. Yeah. Right. But I would think that to harden the exterior, well, and yes, maybe there's a way to look into and research how do you harden the exterior while still preserving the interior, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe you don't train people to lose their humanity, or you're careful of training not people not to lose their humanity while still training them to harden the fuck up. I don't know. Yeah. They're 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 like like you said. There has to be studies done on it. Yeah. But I would think logic to me says the less prepared you are to go into a complete fucking meat grinder, the more traumatic that meat grinder will be. Yeah. So I would think that softening these soldiers and sailors and Marines and airmen is doing our military a disservice on two fronts. One, the front of making them less deadly, less efficient, less uh, of a force to be reckoned with. But two, you're going to cause people more issues because they're not going to be prepared for what they're going to experience. That's just me. Yeah. 
I mean, it definitely like going through boot camp and training and stuff like that. Um, when we were doing our actual like weapons training, is there was a whole motto of like one mind any weapon, and those guys were grunts and had seen combat that were kind of actually like teaching us. And they're you know they kind of tell you that if you're not prepared when you're in battle to possibly have to you know hit beat somebody with a rock, like you're going to lose. Right and. You know, you've got these people that have actually gone through this stuff kind of trying to train you, but then, you know, you have the political pushback of, you know, all these civilians saying, well, that's too mean, you know. I used to teach people, like, in use of force documentation, I used to teach deadly forces, deadly forces, deadly forces, deadly force, right? Yeah. If deadly force is justified, your partner's laying there on the ground, he's in a fight for his life, and you have the legal moral and uh departmental authority to go smoke that motherfucker that's trying to kill your partner but when you walk up i'm gonna give you a perfect example a little quick story uh i don't even know if i've ever told this story on the podcast it didn't happen to me but a cop that i work with a sergeant he was an old school sergeant like his the first early years of his career he never wore a vest when he first came to our department he never wore a vest he's a fight i don't fucking need it man. And I think what changed his mind, <laughs> he's working with another young cop. She she became a sergeant later on. And uh, she was a heart charger. She had a good heart for it. it you know, it kind of waned later on in her career. It was sad to see. But um, he was laying on the ground wrestling with a suspect. Suspect's trying to get his gun. And she's like, fuck, it's go time. And she comes up and she puts the she puts her thirty eight right in the center of his back and his literally about to pull the trigger and the sergeant's below him oh, he goes fucking don't fucking shoot him don't fucking shoot him <laughs> and she goes what he goes i'm not wearing a vest and he was worried that at that range that the bullet would go through the suspect and into him and so i think she fucking brained him or something like that um mm. i don't remember what with but that example if you're authorized to use deadly force, and I know another cop who did this in the jail, he's working in the jail as a deputy, he was assigned to the jail before he went out to patrol. One of his buddies was being choked out by a gang member on one of the fucking tiers, and he walked up and he took his mag light and smacked the gangbanger right upside the head and caved in his skull and killed him. Yeah. Because he didn't have a gun, he's in the jail. <laughs> but he had to use deadly force. So whether it's a brick, or a bench made, or the nine millimeter or the front bumper of your Ford police interceptor mm -hmm. deadly force is deadly force. If it's authorized, Hey, fuck it. And that's, I think what you're talking about is the one mind, any weapon mm -hmm. when you're ready to do somebody and they need to be done. We shouldn't be debating what we're using. We yeah. shouldn't be. Oh, well, not ethical enough or whatever. Right. Like, okay, when we're talking about the death penalty, I, again, I'm pretty fucking straightforward when it comes to this shit. Hey, fucking hang him, fucking <laughs> put him in front. Uh, Idaho just authorized the firing squad. Oh, hell yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it does the job. Cool. Okay, well, drawn and... I, I, yeah, I'm not talking about bringing back drawn and quartered. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not talking about feeding somebody toes first into a meat grinder. You know... I'm, although I'm not opposed to it in certain <laughs> circumstances necessarily, be, but the Constitution says no cruel or unusual punishment. Fine, if that's the case, fine. Um, 
However, there is a mindset of debt is debt, right? You don't have to be cruel about it. You don't have to be like, you don't have to torture somebody to death. You can be like humane about it. Be like, they got to fucking die. But in combat, that's different. That's not the death penalty. Combat is combat. Combat is, it's you or me or it's you or them. And I've got to take you out because you're going to kill some innocent person or myself. It, why, why are we quibbling? I think a lot of it too is like you look at the the enemy that we're up against. They're using their own civilians and kids and stuff as like meat shields. You know, I, right. I've I've talked to you before about you know the whole Kabul military withdrawal. You know, from Iraq oh. went completely sideways. Yeah. Um, Sergeant Nicole G. Um, when I knew her, she was a lance corporal, and we were in the schoolhouse together. You know, she trained on the SAT. I trained on you know fixing the radios, and that's like how I knew her. And then seeing the fact that like. She got blown up, and so did I think twelve other, you know, sailors and marines. Like, it kind of makes me think: is like if we were going softer, is that like possibly the reason she died? Like, was she trying to? Oh, the rules of engagement are too different. You know, we got to make sure that we do this justly. Like, did any of them? Did she hesitate? Yeah. Did she exactly because of all this red tape that's going on? It's no longer like my guys are going to die. So I'm, you know, protecting them. It's, you know, worrying about all this different stuff. And of course, war crimes are, you know, <laughs> never what you want to no. want to commit. I don't think, I, I, I think when you're committed to war, like war crimes, first of all, you're a, you're a long way off. Like it takes a lot. We're not talking about what is it? Seven thirty, uh, seven thirty one <laughs> Japanese <sighs> freaking you know, experiments. We're not talking about like Mengele and those kinds of shit. We're not talking about like the Nazis saving bullets by shooting one person who's tied to five other people and yeah. then dumping them in the river. That's not what we're talking about. We're not even talking about starving soldiers or anything. I'm, I'm, we're talking about like combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're fucking trying to kill you. Uh, okay. That, that should be it. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's like, it was a lot of it was humanitarian too. Like, um, you can even look at her Instagram. If, even if you look on, you know, look up Nicole G. On yeah. So for the Instagram. listeners, if they don't know, why don't you tell that you you knew her? Yeah. And um, that was during the whole um, withdrawal from Afghanistan, Iraq. I don't remember where Kabul is, but at the airport where you know they were loading or they were supposed to load all of our allies and informants but then kind of everything went sideways and you know they were had to do a hasty withdrawal which ended up with um her like you can see pictures of her like holding kids and stuff like that because they were trying to bring these people and then at the same time you've got um what is it al-qaeda or the taliban whoever you know trying to basically kill not only our informants, but then our service members too. And I think it was a car bomb or an explosion. I kind of didn't really care to look into it because, I mean, that's... Yeah, at that yeah. point you're kind of like, you know your friend is dead. and Exactly. And a lot of me and my friends were like, are you kidding me? This isn't, you know, presidents are fucking stupid. You know, they're going to tell you, oh, withdraw, right? But it's up to our leaders, you know, our military leaders that are supposed to be our brothers and our commanders that are supposed to look after us that they're supposed to do it in a smart way to the point of where everyone gets out safe. But then you've got these politician generals rather than 
military generals that, you know, are letting our people die. And we all kind of looked at ourselves. And I know that's a lot of the reason why um, a lot of my friends didn't reenlist because it was just completely turning where, you know, the American public and just in general, they're turning our backs on our service members. And it's just, you know, you got some survivor guilt from that where it's like, if like, why couldn't have I been deployed, you know? Cause like, I think she's a better person than I am. So she should have been alive, you know? And it's just a lot of fucked up stuff that it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I mean, that's the politics of like, are you fucking kidding me? We lose 13 servicemen because you, you've botched a fucking withdrawal. Yeah. Like when you talk about, the Kabul, Kabul's in Afghanistan. When you talk about the withdrawal from Kabul, when you talk about Benghazi, when you talk about, there's so many times where we fucking tuck our tail and turn the other way and run and we lose people and it's our own fault. It's, it's our military leadership and our government's fault. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've talked to like my parents and stuff and you know, we all kind of, knew that like once the once the marine corps started doing all this you know uh gendering stuff and you know being a lot more like pansy about everything that's kind of when our military just as a whole was kind of on a decline yeah well and it's the the whole thing is in decline like let's just let's just say it the whole fucking thing is in decline and it's it's almost to the point where I look at what's happening and I honest to God go, there's no way that this just, that we're letting this happen by accident, right? Mm -hmm. How can people be looking at this and watching what's happening to our infrastructure, watch what's happening to our policing, watch what's happening to our cities, watch what's happening to our crime rates, watch what's happening to our military. There's no fucking way. In my, I just can't see how people, other people higher up than me, don't see it. And so, if they don't, if they do see it, which they must, in my mm-hmm. opinion, then it's deliberate. And if it's deliberate, why, 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 why we can, why raise our crime rates, why weaken our infrastructure, mm-hmm. why you know demilitarize our military, why weaken our military strength, why weaken our military, why? Yeah, are you? too fucking stupid to understand the ramifications or do you want it weakened for some other fucking godless purpose that I, and I hate to sound like that because I hate to sound like the guy who wants to put on his tinfoil hat, (laughs) but you know, we talk about unlock room with all the train derailments and all the things that are going on where you have to look at this shit and go time out. If I were a foreign country or a foreign government and I wanted to weaken the strength of the United States, the last superpower, how would I fucking do it? And these are straight out of that playbook. Yeah. I think the scariest thing, um, if you look at Karl Marx, one of his manifestos, whatever, um, he says that communism won't take America. What it will do is take generations down the road. It's, you know, 
communism isn't meant to destroy America by sheer force, and they're not going to go after us or your children or your children's children. They're going to go after your great-great-grandchildren after they've slowly erode all of what Americans like what made us so strong right it's poison it's not it's not a it's not a cannon it's a poison yep exactly right capitalism is more like an explosion right like yeah. you look at when <laughs> capitalism takes hold in countries and people demand revolution and people demand free markets and people demand freedom and voting and all you know not even capitalism democracy i guess yep. was more of an explosion but communism is a fucking cancerous poison mm -hmm. it just spreads and here's the deal. I'll just say this. Communism works on a small scale, right? You want to have 25, you want to have the village, right? You want to have that movie, the village where like <laughs> you get a bunch of people that voluntarily move to a little fucking secluded area and live like, you know, it was in the eight, you know, in 1801 or 1776 yeah. or whatever. And they fucking voluntarily live that way. Cool. It'll work because they'll all help each other fucking raise barns and they'll all fucking help. The Amish, right? The mm -hmm. Amish are a, a big communal type group. But what do they do? When you fucking turn 16 or whatever, they let you go. And then they're like, if you don't want this life, don't come back. Mm -hmm. But if you come back, you want this life. Yeah, It's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Because that shit only works if it's voluntary. If it's involuntary, you it breeds resentment, it breeds anger, it breeds frustration, it breeds revolution. Yeah. And right now you have a lot of, in different areas of society, people's rules and beliefs being hoisted on everyone else, being pushed onto everybody else. That's why it's cancerous. And that's where I look at the pussification of the U.S. military and what you're talking about, about going to the Marine Corps in 2017. Like I said, you're the most recent Marine we've had. Yeah. Like you've been a Marine almost as long as we've been doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, what the, what the fuck is actually happening? And it can't, I, do you think it's accidental? I mean, you were there. So one thing too, you were talking about COVID. Um, I think that was like a pretty good point too. Um, if you think about it, like whether you believe COVID or not or anything like that doesn't really matter. What does matter is the fact that a lot of these people that, you know, were being forced out because they didn't get vaccinated. It was the kind of person that you think about when you're like, yeah, the Marines and they're going into to war. Those are the kinds of people that were getting out. It wasn't these pogues that are political correct and all this. It was the infantry and the grunts. The ones and you the, want. The mortarmen, right. the artillery, the assaulters, like all of them were the ones that were like, no, fuck this. Like, why are they forcing us to do this shit? They were the ones getting out. So now you have this military that has, you know, the American value sort of deal getting kicked out and pushed out and forced and, and out. And the rest of the ones are the just follow orders crowd. Exactly. You know, like that's scary. Yeah, it definitely is. But at least now we've got all of those guys now are back home and you know, like it is definitely scary thinking about that. Yeah. It is scary to think about the just following orders crowd period in, in any way, shape or form. Well, I as we're we're wrapping up, um, we normally give our listener um, 
the chance to dedicate their episode to whoever they like. And I'm guessing I know who you're going to dedicate it to. <laughs> and I have it pulled up if that's who you want to dedicate it to. Let's see it. So we want to dedicate this episode to Nicole G. Uh, now, how did you know her? You said you knew her because you, you guys trained together and, and whatnot. Yep. Um, we were in the schoolhouse together. Um, we went through the first, you know, there was a couple series of trainings. We went through the first one together. And then, you know, we were just kind of like in the same proximity because um, she was doing, you know, satellite technician repair while I was doing, you know, uh, phone and switching system repair. Mm -hmm. So we worked pretty close together. Um, she was friends with some of my friends. Like she was there one of the times that we were all playing D and D in the barracks together, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So Sergeant Nicole G a native of Roseville, California enlisted in the Marine Corps in 2017, same year. Mm hmm. And was later assigned to Combat Logistics Battalion 24, where she provided maintenance on ground electronics transmission systems. Sergeant G deployed to Afghanistan in support of the Afghanistan withdrawal. There, she served on a female engagement team. I don't even know what that is. To facilitate evacuation support for Afghan women and children. Sergeant Nicole G, 23 years old, was killed in a suicide attack along with 12 other service members. Less than a week prior to her death, Sergeant G made a social media post of her caring for an Afghan infant in which she remarked, I love my job. During her memorial service, Sergeant Harrison, a close friend of Sergeant G, remarked, She lost her life so others may live, and without a doubt she died proud. Proud of who she was, proud of what she was doing, and proud to be a United States Marine. So, uh, Sergeant Nicole G, we would like to dedicate this episode to you, SDZ sister, we've got it from here. Oh, so for having never been on a podcast, like I told you, it's, it's not painful. No, not too painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a kind of a conversation about the same shit we always talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I Chuck, I hope you're having a good time wherever you're at, uh, out in the desert uh, with no service. He actually was able to text me to tell me he only had like one bar of service. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, I think I can get on. I'm like, no dude, we're already, yeah. we're already in it. You're good. Uh, so Chuck, have a good time. Uh, enjoy. Uh, you need the, you need the R and R. I know you, 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 he's had a lot of shit that we, we got into in our last episode of war stories. And again, we have our 200th episode coming up. Uh, we're recording it next week. So get your emails in, uh, get your messages in, Send us your DMs and stuff like that. Tell us your favorite stories, your favorite episodes, your favorite guests. Um, we'll we'll read those. We'll answer some questions. We're gonna we're gonna do a two parter. So it'll actually I think it'll be our two hundredth and our two hundred and first episode um, because we've got, we've got so much planned to do, uh, including uh, some some stuff. I think you guys will be excited about as far or, or, or you know the way we're gonna do it. It's gonna be going back to the old school. We're all gonna be in person. <laughs> at least Chuck, without Chuck Chuck will not be in person because well maybe he will maybe he'll fly up and surprise <laughs> us but uh, we'll have we'll have a couple of people sitting around a table having some drinks we'll have some strong drinks and some true lies like we used to do back in the day and uh, we'll be reading your emails and talking about some of our favorite stories and sharing a few new ones and uh, that should be a good time for our 200th episode and uh, we're also looking at doing some war stories uh, glasses 
that are like laser engraved with our logo. So if, um, if you guys want to throw back some cocktails, uh, we'll be posting some pictures of what those might look like. Until then, come home with your shield or on it. <laughs>